Welcome, cadets and captains, to a brand new episode of M-Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Josh. And you know... (laughs) Good intro. Thanks. (laughs) And you know how all those other Star Trek podcasts just don't scratch the itch you have deep inside, baby? They don't hit your your G-spot. And by that, I mean your... Gravity spot. Your Jordy LaForge spot. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for saving me. You know what's funny is as soon as we started recording, someone started cutting their grass. The instant so, I hit record. <laughs> so we switched to Tuesday because yeah. there was no grass mowing on Tuesday. Uh, but now it's Tuesday and there's grass mowing. It's almost like it's a curse meant to follow me around for the rest of my fucking days and there's nothing I can do about it. Man, that lawnmower fucking hates when we record. These dudes hate it. Do they listen? Do they uh, even listen to the show? <laughs> if, if you don't listen to the show, then you fucking... You're missing out, lawnmower man, because we <laughs> deep dive into Star Trek. We pick an episode, or a piece of media, we always say, although we've only done shows so far. Well, we did the movies first, right? That's true. That's a Like a hundred years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I try not to think about how long ago it was, Josh. I try not to think about that, because we're old and dumb. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> Indubitably. Uh, we pick a piece of Star Trek media apart, and we tell you at the end whether it's worth your time, whether it's garbage, whether it's a masterpiece, and we use our patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. Don't think about it too much. Warp 1 is Cochrane, which is bad? And Warp 10 is Catfish, which is good. It makes sense if you think about it. Yep. If you don't think about it, it makes even more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a very special episode of M-Class Podcast because we're outside of a collection. We are raw, real, and uncut, untethered (laughs) by the idea of a collection because we just finished Rich Master's Beautifully put together, uh, whatever it was, anti-racism spoonhead collection, I don't remember. Yeah, get to know your Klingon friends, neighbors collection. Uh, don't, don't be a racist piece of shit collection, yeah. whatever it happened to be. Yeah, and which I think we succeeded, and, and yeah, we learned a lot. We definitely didn't use a bunch of really fucked up words for space aliens during it or anything. Yeah, we were not spacist at all during it. Uh, we're in the process of figuring out what our next collection would be over at patreon.com slash podcast. Join up today. Uh, Send money. So, <laughs> give money. Money, please. Jesus. Um, That's a fucking B-17 taking off over there, man. Uh, maybe if I just don't bring attention to it, it doesn't... Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. Am I capable? Let's find out. We'll see. This is a very special episode of M-Class Podcast because we're going to be talking about Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 1, Strange New Worlds. Oh, it's called the show name. That's yeah. that's, that's good. It's, I'll uh, remember that. This uh, episode is uh, written by and directed by a bunch of people who shouldn't have been able to make this episode good, but somehow it ended up good. <laughs> who wrote it? Uh, teleplay by Akiva Goldsman. Who's that? Uh, Alex Kurtzman's right-hand man. Oh, they're, they're buds? Yeah, and story by Akiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman. 
and Jenny Lumet, who wrote uh, a bunch of season one and two of Discovery. Ugh. And uh, also wrote um, the reboot of The Mummy with Tom Cruise. <laughs> so I don't really... Yeah. This episode shouldn't be good. Oh, it's directed by Akiva Goldsman as well. This episode should not be good, but somehow... J.J. Abrams is like the Kevin Bacon of shitty writing connections. You know, that was... We talked about Kevin Bacon before we started recording, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember. We also talked about the porn uh, Sherlock Homey. <laughs> yeah, Sherlock Homey starring... Shawn Michaels. Which uh, Josh instantly knew was a porn star without any further information. I... Saw him and I was like, "That guy's in porn." I have seen his dong. I've seen his dong do some things. It's, it's dude. Whew, whew. Uh, before we get into the episode, I would be remiss if I didn't let all you good folks know that uh, Josh and I have a brand new podcast along with Rich Masters. So if you've uh, been loving the last episode where Rich Masters guest starred, you love the vibe, you love how we work together, then you should check out. Bros Before Pros. <laughs> the best name podcast I've ever been a part of. <laughs> it's, oh, um, man. B-R-O-S. The letter B, the number four, P-R-O-S-E. And yeah. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course there's a Twitter. Bros Before Pros Pod. B four, right? With yeah. like B like It's always letter. letter B number four. Yeah. Like like Data's brother. Yeah, like B four. We yeah. named it in his honor. Yeah. Uh if you've missed Josh's Darinos. Oh shit. What's that? Darinos returns triumphant twenty five years later. Finally I have a job again. <laughs> For now. Thanks, Reese's. You're welcome, Josh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in my comatorium working on my jerk off motions for spells. <laughs> the, the fact that Josh is now responding to himself is a bad sign, I think. Mm, no, man, he's here, dude. He lives. I uh, Look, I let him stay with me for a couple of days. Couple of uh, years. It's been, it's been eight years. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in your comatorium. <laughs> well, it's his now. I'm not going in there. Fuck, dude. If you've missed Darinos, Josh has a brand new Darinos tale. If you love Rich Masters writing an M-Class email, uh, his story is nothing like that, and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, dude, it's really fun. Uh, if you, it's good if to you, be back. If you loved my stories on original characters, OGOC, it's very much in a similar vein, my story is. We take turns reading stories from uh, that we've written ourselves... From different genres. Rich is, of course, sci-fi. Josh has got fantasy. And I'm doing spooky Twilight Zone stories. Yeah, I got... I pissed pants, man. He did piss pants. I heard it. I heard it the was, piss pants. You'll hear in the episode one that trickling. It's not like a zen fountain. It's a piss fountain. Everybody's piss pantsing about my story. It's super scary. Piss pantsing, poop pantsing, and three pantsing. Well, that's pretty much what happens throughout the episode. You peep, you piss pants when I do it. Then you shit yeah. pants 
laughing because of riches. <laughs> and then you three pants because it's so fucking hot for Darius for Josh. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is going to be in my next story. You know, I don't doubt that somehow. <laughs> so follow Bros Before Pros podcast anywhere you can find better podcasting. Um... Anyway, <laughs> that, was a, that was good. That was good. We did it. Um, what are we doing here? <laughs> we're talking about Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode one of season one, also entitled Strange New Worlds. I feel like people are going to think we're going to get mad at this episode or something. Um, well, I mean, right out the gate, if you're worried about that, like, I actually really like this episode a lot. So, yeah, I do too. There's so I have a few. It's piloty, right? I will yeah. say it's a, it's a little piloty, but there, that's that's okay. I have a few gripes overall about um, Strange New Worlds as a series, yeah. and there is one episode that is uh, genuine dog shit in the is season. It the al- is it the aliens yes. episode? Yeah, yeah. That episode yeah. is genuine dog shit, but but um, at, at least it's like they were just like we're doing aliens. <laughs> yeah, but like. <laughs> kind of okay that ties into another problem i have that we'll get into well well, yeah Um, i I know i know (laughs) anyway overall like i absolutely fucking love strange new worlds so don't get great hung up thinking that we just don't like new star trek like both of us love strange new worlds and lower decks so yep they're both great shows and they really bury a lot of my gripe with this episode is how they Wrote themselves into a corner with the discovery shit, right? Well, like, yeah, every or, and they and they they kind of just hand wave it away like immediately, <laughs> which I think is probably the best they could have. No, done, it's the to best. Be yeah, it's some, yeah, no, you gotta just get away from that. Um, <laughs> there is like a weird little plot hole I'll get into in a second, but um, uh, the episode starts in a in a way that I think is ingenious for Star Trek, right? Yeah. There's this sort of clandestine control center inside of a bunker, and there's alarms going off. Yeah. And this, like, uh, militaristic officer is, like, walking full speed down the corridors into the control room. And you only see the back of her head. So you think this is, like, us, right? You automatically think, oh, these are humans. This is, like... Well, yeah, it looks very American Navy. Or Air Force, right? It looks... And then uh, it's revealed that these are aliens, and all the thing that the alarm is going off about is because they found a ufo yeah yeah and it's it's not a ufo to us of course it's obviously a federation starship we're the aliens we're the aliens man if you really think about it man we're the aliens (laughs) you ever look at the back of a dollar bill man (laughs) you ever look at the back of a dollar bill oh weed Red team go. The uh, I think that's a genius way to sort of like introduce us to a civilization that's not so different than ours, so that we immediately yeah. sort of empathize with them on that level. Yeah, they it's a Kelvin ship, which I dislike the look of. Uh, this is yes. a, a, this is a nitpick. This is just a me nitpick. Uh, but yeah, you can, but yeah, you know it's a fucking Federation ship, right? Like you're like, oh, it's the USS. Whatever the hell. 
<laughs> God, I am so unbelievably sorry for the sounds you guys are hearing. No one, right now. no one will hear it. No one will hear it. It'll get taken care of. Uh, I hope so because like some of these wavelengths are just as big as mine, so that's a problem. <laughs> Wow, I didn't think anyone's wavelength was as big as yours, Jeff. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Just got a totally real giant wiener. Not even Shawn Michaels. Uh, well, I'm not going to go that far. Um, <laughs> You're not going to go that long? Not going to go that long and far. And hard. Um, but we flash over to Bear Creek, Montana where uh, I was worried about this scene when I first saw it because yeah. a, a naked lady wakes up in a bed. And yeah. I was like, oh no, what is this shit? And a then, naked milf wakes yeah. up in a bed. <laughs> and then, but then she puts on a captain's uniform and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And she's like dating Pike. I get it. I will say that I do like that she's just like, uh, like a regular looking person. Like, like she's not some like hot fucking like model ass fucking captain, right? You know, like, like uh, like what's her name from like she, uh, Star she, Trek Two? Yeah, like, like, like she's not. She's just like a regular looking like middle aged person. She's definitely person. pretty. She's an extremely oh, she's she's, an she's extremely very beautiful pretty. woman, but she's yeah, she's an actor who's like yeah. acting. She's not. She wasn't hired because of how she looks. Yes. She was hired because she's capable of acting the role. I'm not. Yeah, I don't mean to despair. Like, I'm not saying she's like not pretty, yeah, but like, like, God, this fucking dog <laughs> isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can see it easily have being like, like, some, you know, just like some fucking hot ass fucking Orion girl, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. here we go. Well, with that's this what shit I thought again. it was. But then, yeah, like, yeah. she goes downstairs and uh, Pike, she's wearing a captain's uniform as well. Pike has a beard. Yeah. And he's making pancakes watching the day the earth stood still. And which is great. Which is really great. Captain uh, Patel is like, well, I mean, that that's very, like, it, linked to the plot line. It's yes, very smart. Yes. yes. Captain Patel is like, you're watching this again? And he's like, oh, come he's, on, it's a classic. He's like a child. He's like, put Frozen on. Put Earth, Day the Earth Stood Still on. It's my favorite. Starfleet captains have a long history of fucking each other. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. That's like, true. Uh, Archer starts the, the, the practice, right? When he, he bangs uh, the captain of the Columbia. Yeah, that's What's her name? true. Captains are always a fucking... They go on trips. They go on fuck trips. But they uh, they sit down to breakfast and they're li- they're literally like, "Good morning, Captain. 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 Doctor. Yep." And uh, we learn that the Enterprise is in space dock, uh, getting upgrades for about another week, and Pike has not decided whether he's going to come back as the captain or not. So this ties in with Discovery, right? Because yes. he's. He's all butthurt about... Yeah, he, he went to the Klingon spiritual planet and touched a Chaos Emerald, and it showed him yeah. the future where he is in the chair. Yeah, Shadow Wharf Sonic told him to touch the <laughs> crystal, and now he knows about how he's going to be deformed or whatever. Yeah, well, the thing is, and uh, I, can, I can agree with this for sure, uh, the original episode, The Menagerie, yeah, it does a really sort of uh, offensive portrayal of someone who's yeah. handicapped. Yes, it's, it does not age. Well. This is continuing <laughs> that almost straight faced in a way that's like really wild for something that came out in twenty twenty two or whatever. Yeah, I, 
I, I don't know. Like, at least he doesn't beep. <laughs> he doesn't do his That's beeping. That's true. Like, it seems like... Like, I understand he, it's more about um, the fact that he can't be captain anymore, but I... Right. We, we they live in an era where bones can regrow your fucking liver with a pill or whatever. Yeah, you, you, give you give your kidneys. Yeah, but they can't fucking like plastic surgery the dude's yeah, face or they, whatever the they fuck. They can't yeah. like give him like a Professor Xavier floating chair or like a yeah um like exosuit or something so he can like it seems like we would have moved beyond putting people in a beeping chair. I guess it's supposed to be like an iron lung, but like, like you said, like why, why can't you just put him in a suit or something? You know what I mean? Like, can't you make a suit that's an iron lung, like like a space suit? Like, why does he have to be in like a fucking like refrigerator, like a mini fridge from my yeah. dorm? And I, I guess the idea is right that like, um, we as an audience are supposed to know this takes place before that accident. You can't change right. continuity that much. I understand that. Right. And I wouldn't want that to happen either. But it's it's sort of the attitude that Pike has about it, which is is new. That's a new thing added to the canon. Pike never knew about his own future in that way. Originally. I like I I like that they do this. Yeah, like, I really do like this because it, it adds a new layer to Pike that nobody else has had. Yeah, and it makes sense character wise too, because like, not to spoil anything, but later in the season he starts to like see his path and like it gives him a reason for why he um likes hanging out with Kirk, right? Like like why later he's like, oh I I uh I, I like this this guy. He's there's something here, right? Whereas yeah. like in Kelvin, in the Kelvin verse, it's just like, uh, I'm your new dad, I'm Captain your dad. <laughs> right, right? You know? Yeah. So, I'm like, your dad now and you're a piece of shit, so I'm gonna put you in military <laughs> school. Call me Pike Daddy. <laughs> well, the the thing I was getting at is uh, his attitude towards his own future is like his life is over. Yeah, he's depressed, which anybody which is, would be, right? Sure. But the thing is, like, he should know, as we, the audience, know that, like, being, like, handicapped doesn't mean you're dead. It doesn't mean your life is over. No, 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 no. But, but I mean, they're playing it straight because that's the way continuity requires it to be because right, they created I, I this sort of, saying. like, scenario. So I'm conflicted about it. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's a fair... I think that's a fair point. But um, that's neither here nor there yet. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. Um, Pike hasn't decided whether he's going to be the captain of the Enterprise or not. Whether he's going to... He talks about taking time off or maybe retiring the big r word he's gotta go ride his horse in a snowstorm uh which is pretty badass <laughs> all i kept thinking during the scene was like how pissed off like fucking flyover people were oh yeah about the about the wind turbines i was like they're probably like goddamn liberals <laughs> this is the future liberals want well yeah they want to put put fucking wind turbines in montana um pike's communicator has been going off for days I love how it's next to the an old phone. Yeah. And she calls it a phone. It, your phone's been going off. Yeah. Which is, like, really weird, but also, like, kind of cool. I was like, all right, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, because that's what a communicator really is when you get down to it. It's just the phone. Yeah. Like, we would say that, like, oh, your phone's... Because, like, our communicators, we call phones, yeah. where they call... You know what I mean? It's a neat... I thought it was neat. 
And this is when we get the sort of like flash, the sort of like uh, idea that why Pike is conflicted is something that's happened to him if you haven't watched Discovery. This does a fairly good job of communicating all of that without um, the necessity of you yeah. watching Discovery first, which I really appreciate. And it does it quickly, and then they we kind of move on, which is which is really great because I I don't want to spend any more time thinking about Discovery. <laughs> I, I agree wholeheartedly. And if, if I randomly just get, like, mad, I'm trying so hard not to be mad about all of this sound. I'm trying so hard. But it's, it's making me so angry. Um, Dude, I'd be yelling out the window, man. It's, it's, it's killing me. It is so loud. Um, Pike, Pike points out that like, she wants to know what's happened to him, and Pike mentions that it's all classified. Yeah. And she's like, well, I have a higher security clearance than you do. And, you know, not for yeah. this, though. Um, he uses this line a lot, which I think is, like, kind of cool. Because it's like, I don't know, like, like even, even what's his name, Admiral April is like, well, I'm pretty, like, in the know. So, like, what the fuck happened, right? And he, like, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of neat that, like, like, there is some sort of kind of, like, secrets that Starfleet has a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, I there's, know. like, different clearance depending on, like, what you've been through or not. Like, there's yeah, a not whole everyone, other yeah. level of clearance. Yeah. Like, um... The, he and Captain Patel seem to have some sort of, like, loosely affiliated relationship. Yeah. Because she says, um, she won't be back for a month, and Pike's like, you know, I might still be here, and she says, well, I hope you're not. Yeah, and she, like this is a really like well written. I can't believe I'm saying this about a Alex Kurtzman thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a really well written line that she says. Like that doesn't make it seem like she's like mad at him. Like I think in Discovery she would be like, "You have to go out there." It'd be like super dramatic, and you, you know, you have to be the captain of the Enterprise. And oh my yeah. god. Like but she, she would says, get mad at him for yeah. shirking his responsibilities in a discovery but she, like, universe. Yeah, like she kisses him and she says, "You have better places to be," which is yeah. like really smart and, and really like tactful. I thought even even beyond that, like after she walks out of frame, his communicator goes off again, and he like it's looks fun. out of the corner of his eyes at it. Yeah, it just keeps blowing up. Admiral April is like yeah, fucking he's like bugabooing. He's horny, dude. He's horny to talk to. He's him. down bad for sure. <laughs> He's drunk dialing him. Uh, Pike takes his horse for a ride out in the snow, and you get some good um, cowboying going on. You get some cowboying. You get some drone footage. I think these are real. I think these um, wind turbines are real. I don't think they're if uh, they're VFX. not real, they're like really good VFX. I, I think they are real. They look very real. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. A, <laughs> a, a shuttlecraft flies in and lands. It doesn't fly in. It, like, fucking Fast and the Furious, yes. like, fucking Tokyo snow drifts in, dude. And uh, Admiral April comes out, and Pike's like, you scared my horse, you bastard. <laughs> you, with all due respect, sir. Fuck you. Fuck you and your stupid admiral uniform. I have a beard. I'm cool. Fuck off. (laughs) Admiral April's like, I also have a beard. What are you talking about? (laughs) 
But um, Pike's like, he's like, why haven't you been answering your communicator? And Pike's like, what do you want, Robert? Yeah. He's like, oh, there's a first contact scenario that's gone bad. I love how he just keeps talking over Pike. Yeah, like, he Pike's keeps like, you know, it's not him. really my problem. And he's like, anyway. And, he, and he's like, this is when it happened, and here's where it is. And he's like, I, I don't know if I'm coming back. And he's like, uh, you have to go. This is where you're going. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the officer in command of the first contact mission was your first officer, who uh, I think it's long been revealed by this point that her name is Una Chin Riley. Number yeah, one. Una. Yeah, I like how it's number one, and her name's Una. I, I'm a fan of that name. I, I'm i just as big a fan of that as the retcon that Uhura's first name is Neota. Yeah. I think that's world building a world-building retcon that's necessary. Yeah. Can't just be calling her Uhura. That'd be weird. You gotta have... Uh, I don't know. You could just have one name. That's fine. But, yeah, um, like Cher, Prince... But uh, she she didn't like the downtime. She wanted to get back out there. So she headed up this first contact scenario. And uh, Robert April is like, look, Enterprise is coming out of space, Doc. We're not doing redundant system checks. I need you to get yeah. the crew ready to go by whatever fucking time. <laughs> whatever space o'clock. Space o'clock. Pike's yeah. like, look, you don't want me in command. And some more good writing, Admiral April says, uh, I think you're the one that doesn't want you to be in command. Starfleet yeah. still does. Yeah. He's still a really good, really good captain, right? Like, And he, he and makes like, it I imagine. Yeah, I imagine captains don't, like, grow on trees, right? Like, it's no. hard to find them. It's, like, it's difficult one. to find a Captain Pike amongst... All of the Barclays. Yeah, the captain. The captain. What's the guy of of the Enterprise B? Fucking Captain Ferris Bueller. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't don't remember that guy's name. I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, Black. His his nickname is like Blackjack or something like that, right? I think we looked it up once. Oh my god, I don't remember that. Captain of yeah Enterprise B. Uh, John Harriman. John Blackjack Harriman. Blackjack Harriman. <laughs> I don't think you get nicknames like that in Starfleet. Like, he's dude. He was fucking good at blackjack, I guess. In uh, on the planet Vulcan, as I find out here in the city of Rawl. Oh, okay, Rawl. It's like Grawl from Darrenos. Yeah, <laughs> uh, except less cool. Yeah, it's boring. You can't even kiss in a restaurant in this fucking city. I th- I found that really funny, though. <laughs> it was good. I was like, all right, that makes sense. Spock, <laughs> Spock and T'Pring are, are having a conversation extremely formally about the formality of Vulcan conversation, which it's is like, like the most Vulcan conversation. The boringest dinner fucking conversation. And before every question, Spock is like, query, to like... Yeah. Like, I guess it's sort of like a, like in Spanish, how you put a, like a question mark before the question, right? Yeah. Like, so you know. <laughs> and he's like, look, this is the first anniversary. This is the anniversary of our, of our first courtship event, which I guess is when he got to first base. <laughs> You're wearing the ritual fuck colors. You haven't asked me a single question throughout their entire meal. And Pring's like, no, I've asked you a bunch of questions. Yeah. About uh, the Pasal's new loot recordings, dude. They lo- this dude loves loot, man. He's a he's a loot fiend. He's a lunatic. 
uh, <laughs> he's like, I quite enjoyed the new loot recordings. And Dupring's like, you're out of control. <laughs> yeah, you have lost your fucking mind. <laughs> uh, but he's out gallivanting around with Starfleet. Yeah, she says gallivanting, and he's, he's like, like, I don't I, know if I, I would call, call it gallivanting. gallivanting. Yeah. <laughs> and Spock is like, oh, uh, he's like, perhaps I thought wrong of this get-together. I apologize. But then she pull, she pulls out the real question. Yeah. Formal marriage. Yeah, I like this a lot. I like that she proposes to him, and that's how Vulcans do yeah, it, right? absolutely. Like, traditionally, the woman asks the man in, in Vulcan society. I think that's just a neat twist, you know? I, I love anything that sort of... Um, fleshes out alien societies a little bit more. I'm always a big sense. fan of that. It, it makes a lot of sense too, because like, uh, like obviously later to Pring and Spock, like it's the most famous episode in Star Trek ever with the battle. Oh, yeah, right? Time that happens yeah. later. We know we know how this ends. You know, poorly, <laughs> like, unfortunately, not, not great. <laughs> Whoever is like behind the overall story arc of Strange New Worlds is like a Spock and uh, Nurse Chapel shipper. Oh, fuck, dude. And yeah, that doesn't they, turn out yeah. well either, so I don't really... <laughs> no, but... Uh, Nurse Chapel? Oh, my God. She's, oh my she's got God. a Sabrina thing going on. Oh, it's show. the eyes. Big eyes. She does have big, pretty eyes. I'll say they're, that for sure. They're very, they're very large. Um, <laughs> she, she's uh, also like seven feet tall, which... She is pretty tall, actually. Now that I think about it, huh. yeah. What's what's her name? I don't know. But she um, Spock Spock kisses. What what was that last question? What? Nothing. Uh, Spock kisses to Pring, and they kiss for like point one seconds before another Vulcan steps up who works there and goes, "Perhaps you could do that elsewhere," which <laughs> killed me. Her name is Jess Bush. Of course, it would be Jess. Of course. You and Jessica's, I swear. Look, I can't help that every, I can't help that everybody in 1980 was named Jesse or Jennifer. That's true. Well, Tapring is like, uh, what an excellent idea, and then it cuts to them just like macking. Yeah, they're just like fucking, dude. They're just like getting ready to fuck. Spock looks out at Vulcan's ocean, quote unquote. Yeah, which is sand. Yeah. And he's like, there are oceans of liquid mercury on Salon, while Earths are water. And T'Pring's like, nothing out there is better than Vulcan, right? Yeah, because that's like, how Vulcans think. Spock's like, why don't you show me? Oh, fucking smooth. That dude set himself up for a yeah, fucking he knew slam it. dunk. He's like, he, he already tossed the ball up. He's waiting for it. He's, dude, he, dude, he's going to slam his P into her V. If that's the parts that they happen to have. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe they got, like, teeth down there. I don't Who know. knows? Maybe they have I, do- Like, wouldn't it make most sense for Vulcans to have docking clamps? <laughs> it's most logical. Um, but they, how do they you feel about... They how do you feel about Spock? I wanted to ask you this. Um, the thing is, there's definitely a gradient of... Spock portrayal, right? Yeah. Where you yeah. start on one end with um, my man, Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy, the OG, the greatest Spock. And on the other end of that spectrum is Zachary Quinto, who uh, I I would very much like that cover of Superman with Aquaman <laughs> on it, never give him a glass of water in the desert. <laughs> uh, 
And I find uh, Ethan Peck's portrayal of Spock, the more I watched it, the more closer to the Leonard Nimoy side of things I found it to be. Yeah, he gets the eye thing done, like the the eyebrow raise. He gets really... I I don't... It's impossible to be Leonard Nimoy, No, absolutely not. And I like that he's sort of his own Vulcan at this point, right? Like, he's not trying to be Leonard Nimoy, like no, he's not. He's not quite Spock, but like, he's he's getting there, and like I don't know, he he is a good Vulcan. Like he's he's on his way to Spock. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And every episode has these like flashes of he's he's an exceptionally good Vulcan. The, yes. My problem with Zachary Quinto is the same problem I have with a ton of other actors who play Vulcans throughout the show, is that they're incapable of sounding. Uh, emotionless, emotionless, they sound yeah. mad. Yeah, because they're actors and they think that emotions are... Act- you know, it's hard for them to ha- not have emotions, yeah. right? Like, but, Spock like, never sounds mad. If he sounds anything, he sounds inquisitive when yeah. he talks. Yeah. And Ethan Peck does a really good job of that in the same way that, like, um, Tim Russ does a good job of that. Yeah. Or... Um, Oh, man, I used to know Kalar's actress, who plays Dr. Solar as well. She did a really good job. Yeah, she's a really and good Vulcan. I always mentioned the Vulcan arms dealer on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. She does a really great job as well. You know, he's uh, Gregory Peck's grandson. I did not know that. But that makes and, sense, yeah, because he's... everyone who worked on the show is uh, there because of nepotism. It's crazy it ended <laughs> up so good. That's weird that Hollywood is like that. That's so like, weird. I talked about Jenny Lumet, who co-wrote this show, uh, granddaughter of Lena Horne. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I noticed All that right. every person I looked up who was on the show, except uh, I didn't I didn't look up a few people, so I'm not really sure, but the, like everybody is related to someone famous. What about Jess Bush? Uh, George W. Bush's daughter. <laughs> Oh no! Uh-oh. Look who's coming Mission. to dinner. <laughs> Mission not accomplished. Um, oh, she's Australian. Uh, she's um, Crocodile Dundee's daughter. <laughs> oh, um, that's even worse. I think. Um, <laughs> History's greatest monster, Crocodile Dundee. What he did to those damn crocodiles? <laughs> he killed that one. But, um, Pike calls from Earth, and he sees Spock without a shirt, and he's like, "Spock, are you naked?" <laughs> And Tapring is like real horny. She's like, he was about to be captain, which is like a pretty good. Yeah, line. Pike is like, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and he he gives him the mission and everything. And um, Spock is like, don't worry, Captain. Tapring will understand. Yeah. And Tapring's like, that should have been a query. Yeah. And I was he's like, well, you in the doghouse now? Nah. He's fucking up, my dude. He's like, don't make a habit of assumptions. I'm not going to chase you across the galaxy just to get married. And as an audience member, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, Spock, you fuck it up. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Good thing you don't have emotions. Yeah. It's a good thing you're not horribly crushed by this and you actually think it's kind of cool when it happens. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're free and... Now you can bang Nurse Chapel or whatever the hell you want to do. Are you a Nurse Chapel and Spock shipper? Uh, I think that's where they're going. I don't personally think that that's like a thing that happens in the original series, no, but that is, that is where it's like going. Spock is 
friendly with Nurse Chapel, as friendly as he yeah. is with anyone. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think that they have, like, a full-on relationship. Well, she's really, like, um, like later in the series, she's really, like, what's the word? Like, like requires a lot of from him you know what i mean like she she's got like like damages like, like she's damn it <laughs> well she wants it but yeah. like she she's got like issues right and like yeah, i don't know like damn bad is, that's her yeah, issue <laughs> fucking drunk dialing him <laughs> um i i thought this was I, I didn't realize for a second that this was a nod to discovery but they have a shuttlecraft called stamets Oh, what's that? What's who's Stamets? Uh, that's the fucking uh, the doctor. Stop giving me Papa for Baby Yoda, Memory Alpha. That's not your thing. <laughs> Oddly specific. <laughs> oh, he's the oh, it's Anthony Rapp. Is that who it is? Yeah. Why would that? Why would they he named have it because he's dead? Oh, he's dead. He's, not, he's not dead. dead. He's in the future, but they don't know that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the less the less discovery, the better. True. <laughs> Pike is like uh, in a real bad mood, and he's uh, reading a pad about Lieutenant Laon Noonien Sin. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Laon Noonien Singh, I think, is yep. the correct one, and her involvement with first contact with the Gorn. Here we go. Herein lies my problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched. A lot of this season of um, Star Trek, perhaps I'll try and like work around it a little bit. But everything involving the Gorn in the season, and I mean everything, absolutely <laughs> undermines Arena to absolutely. the point where Arena does not make any sense anymore, and it means <laughs> no. nothing anymore. <laughs> like the entire yeah. point of Arena isn't. Captain Kirk has a half shirtless fight with a lizard man. That's window dressing. Yeah. The point of that episode is that we go in gung ho thinking we're the heroes who are fighting against a villain, the cold blooded right. Gorn who attacked our outpost. Right. And then it turns out that we colonized their outpost and infringed right. into their space and they were defending themselves against us. Yeah, but now the Gorn are. Like they're the predator. They're, they're fucking they're, aliens. They're like yeah. faceless, voiceless horror monsters now. Yeah, they're like murdering like lunatic animals, right? That, like that undoubtedly undermines Arena, where at the end of the episode we find out that the Gorn captain isn't even that different than we think of ourselves. Like he was yeah. drawn into this conflict in the same way. We were the bad guys, and Kirk yeah, refuses and to kill the Gorn because of it. Yeah, and then like I think they like share the outpost. Then right, they're like, oh, we'll work together and mine the dilithium or whatever the fuck. Because uh, there's like tons of they yeah, do I that. Don't remember, in... I think I think they like leave it to the Gorn and they leave on good terms with them. They're like, yeah. we you know yeah. we apologize for infringing. Um, but I think that's all sort of like. Um, EU material anyway. I think at the yeah, end yeah. of the episode they're just sent back to their ships and leave. Yeah, I think in STO you like are like on the outpost with them. Like you go down and like there's just Gorn like working with you, which is like such a great yeah Star Trek moment. Yeah, we, right? like oh we, that like, makes sense. But like the way Gorn are portrayed here is that they are mindless, vicious, hateful yeah. monsters. It's not our perception of them. They are that. And Khan's great 
great granddaughter just happens to be one of the or whatever, like one of the survivors or something. Like you kind of get a glimpse of it yeah, at I'm this not, point. I'm not like, particularly happy about Lon being I, look, to be honest, but I can cri- get past it. She is a great actor, a yeah, great actor. I like her character. I, and her I character admit is great. I like her character yes. a little less than everybody else, but I like her okay. I like her character a, a lot. I just don't know why she has anything to do with Khan. Like, why is this That's a thing? unnecessary. Why are we still doing this? Also, why use the Gorn? Just make a different species. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Uh... And Arena is one of my favorite Star Trek episodes because it's one of the few times where we... We realize... The, the Federation, that is, humans, realize that we made a horrible mistake and we have to make up for it. Yeah, we have to, yeah. Like, we have to set things right. And I think that's a lesson that is incredibly necessary for everyone. If you, if it turns out you're the one who fucked up, make amends for that. Own it. Yeah, own it. Own yeah. it and make amends for that. Yeah. And this is like somebody being like, I don't know, 60 years later, like, uh, we didn't fuck up, actually. We're still the... We always are doing good. We're always America, good guys. America's is good guys. Yeah, that's what it feels like, right? Like, we're the good guys. Yeah. But, yeah. I, it, again, I don't really know where this plot line is going. I just know that the Gorn turn into dogs before they turn into <laughs> a rubber suit guy with fly eyes. <laughs> Anyway, Pike beams aboard, and he uh, meets Spock at the transporter room. And uh, we find out personnel rotation is in process. And some officers will have to billet after the mission, including the chief engineer, uh, who we find out is uh, an NR near the end yeah. of the episode, um, which is... They they leave it dangling, though, right? Yeah. Like, they, they leave you thinking, like, oh, it might be Scotty, right? Yeah. Like... And they, they say Lieutenant Kirk, who Pike had requested, and you're supposed yes. to think, oh my god, it's, it's, it's Jim. It's Jim, yeah. Yep. And but Pike is, Spoilers, it's not. No, it's Jim's <laughs> shitty brother who gets killed by a flying egg. <laughs> it's his shitty porn stash brother. His, his shitty William Shatner laying on the ground with a mustache brother. They took that off. There is no photo of that on the Lieutenant Kirk page anymore. Oh, they took it off? They have the new guy instead, but I, oh, I, miss, that. I miss Shatner with a mustache dead on the ground as the only photo <laughs> of this character. Like fucking twins. Um, <laughs> Pike is like, he's not really himself at this point. And he mentions, you know, it feels like it's been a million years. And Spock's like, it has been three months, ten days, four hours, and five minutes. Yeah, summer breaks over. Get back to work. Pike's like, how are you doing, Spock? <laughs> he's doing well, although he's felt the weight of loss for his sister each time yeah. he returns to space. And for a yeah. second, I was like, who? And then I was like, oh, yes. yeah, 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 Michael Burnham. Ex- exactly. You thought who? Because why is she his sister? <laughs> Again, unnecessary. <laughs> why the fuck is that even a thing? All right, whatever. Um... <laughs> He he reviews the new personnel roster. There's some new cadets, some new medical staff, and the new security chief has been named acting first officer. And he's like, Spock, what about you? 
Yeah. Spock's like, they would prefer me to remain as science officers. And Pike is like, no further questions, because we don't have any answers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? We've uh, been pussyfooting around here for long enough. We're like 40 minutes into this. Uh, why don't we take our first commercial break? We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. You're feasting your eyes on the six-meal cake. Streusel Swirl from Pillsbury. Meal number one, a fancy feast for your company. Number two, a yummy dessert for your kids. Three, a breakfast cake to make you forget coffee cake. Four, a lunchbox cake that doesn't all stick to the wrapping. Five, the best break a coffee break ever had. Six, dessert the second night, still firm and fresh. Streusel Swirl, the sensational six-meal cake. Welcome back, everybody, to that pleasing sound known as silence. The sound of silence. Is that that song? Yeah. <laughs> Art, Art Garfunkel, Simon Schuster, whatever yeah. their name is. Simon and Schuster, yeah. Simon and Schuster, Art Garfunkel. Yep. Uh, Paul Simon. We're the Simon and Garfunkel of podcasting, I always say. Oh, God, am I Garfunkel? You know you're Garfunkel. Ah, fucking Garfunkel. Jesus. Uh, Paul Simon is five foot nothing, so... Paul Simon? Is he dead? He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Pike and Spock make it to the bridge where Lawn is there, and she's like, welcome aboard, Captain. She's very stoic, very stone-faced. Yeah. And she's got cornrows at this point, huh? Yeah. Strange decision. Weird. It's a weird decision, right? Like, I, I, I'm not saying it's, like, bad. I just, like, was like, what? It's just I think that's her like regular haircut and she only has a different one when she's like in a different uh time the when she's like the princess. The princess? Oh my god. We she have is, to talk about that. She's gorgeous episode. as the princess. I'm not going to lie. She is amazing and, and in she that is episode. Chewing the scenery. She is hilarious. Like they were just like I I swear to god they like saw her act like that and they're like write an episode like this like Pike as the coward is so fucking funny as so well. good it's so good uh, we uh, we meet uh, the helmsman one of my favorites Lieutenant yeah. Eric Ortegas Ortegas and uh, they they have course set to Kylie two seven nine we good met uh, we meet Lieutenant Jenna Mitchell at Ops. She's ready to go, and we meet a cadet in charge of communications, Nyota Uhura. She's a phenom, right? Yeah, she's, um, what's the word? Uh, savant. No. Prodigy. (laughs) Prodigy! The name of the other Star Trek series that we need to watch. The name of your favorite band from the 90s. Uh, no. You love Prodigy. Um... (laughs) No, you'll you never shut up about Prodigy. Uh, Prodigy, <laughs> I'm the Firestarter. That one, remember that? Oh, remember the video? Yeah. Anyway, Prodigy's okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> my favorite band from the '90s is La Bouche, and don't you fucking forget? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I get those two confused. Wow. <laughs> I, I know it's wild. <laughs> Um, this is when Pike starts tripping balls, as he does throughout the whole episode, where he looks at his reflection in the chair's control deck, and he sees 
uh, deformed, radiation-poisoned Pike staring back yeah. at him. Yeah, yeah. And Spock is like, uh, Cap- Captain? He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then he says his, his catchphrase. Every captain has a catchphrase, right? Yep. And he says, hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. It's hit it. Hit it. It's very Han Solo. Punch it, Chewie. Right? Yeah. Every captain has their uh, make it so. Yeah, make it so. What is Kirk's? Engage? Kirk's is probably just engage. And Janeway's is do it. Do it. Fuckers. That's what it is. Do it, fuckers. (laughs) What What is Cisco's? He doesn't really have one. He gasses a planet instead. No, I know what it is. It's ha 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 ha. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> God, I love Cisco. Yeah, Disco. Uh, Pike <laughs> asks Uhura to open up a shipwide channel, and he's uh, he he's funny. He's like, I hope nobody was caught with their hair wet or their pants down because of our yeah. early departure. Yeah. But then he like makes everyone horribly uncomfortable by saying nobody dies. This will not be anybody's last day. Yeah, which is like thanks for fucking reminding me that that was okay, a thing buddy. that could happen. <laughs> Apparently, the ship that uh, number one was on was the USS Archer. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Pike uh, then immediately goes to his quarters and starts drinking. Because <laughs> yeah, because it's because it's 1967 in space. Yeah. Right? Spock comes in and Pike, he's like, I don't mean to overstep, Captain. He's like, Come on, overstep. And he's like, Do you want a you want a glass of saurian brandy? And Spike's Spock's like, We're on we're on yeah we're on duty right now. You're captain of the spaceship. We gotta be sober. Are you yourself, Captain? And yeah. Pike's like, I am. He he has a great line. He's like, I'm very much myself, and that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And we learned some discovery info. He went down to a planet called Boreth. <laughs> yeah. And that's where <laughs> the Klingon there. That's where the Klingon monastery was. And he touched a uh, time crystal. <laughs> and his consciousness displaced into the future. And that's I like how you had to fight your way through that time <laughs> crystal. Because it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's like the, the MacGuffin in a Final Fantasy game. It's, but Dude, it's fucking J.J. Abrams as fuck, dude. It's just a magic thing that does the plot. It's, My favorite thing uh, about Spock in this series, though, is like somebody tells him some wild shit, and he's like, well, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's yeah. he's not one of the characters who's like, oh, you're fucking crazy, Captain. He's just yeah, like, oh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's like, did you see the future? And Pike's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it fucking sucked, bro. It sucked, <laughs> man. I died. Yeah, it was a real Sort bad. of. He's like, but I felt the pain of it. <laughs> and yeah. we we learned that, like, the, the idea that you could cheat death until the very last moment is in- integral to the human species. Yeah. Yeah, what what else was I watching? Oh, I was watching The, the Boys. And they talk about a similar thing, where, like, everybody is surprised up until they die, right? Oh, yeah. Because, like, you don't think you're going to die, which is, like, probably in our DNA. Yeah, you're going like, to make it out of it. Well, like, yeah. it probably is in our DNA, because we're, like, up until the last minute, we do have a chance not to die. 
Right. Anything could happen, right? Yeah, but um, yeah. But he's he's a little bit worried about the knowledge of his own death. Like could it cause him to second guess himself or even like take unnecessary risks because he thinks he's not going to die? Yeah. Yeah. But um Spock is an incredibly insightful guy. He says, you know, suffering can bring enlightenment. You know, every every moment of suffering is a moment of understanding. Very Buddhist of him. <laughs> and um, that's why Spock sleeps on nails and puts spikes in his dick. Uh, he just likes that, I think. I mean, who doesn't really? You know, uh, me. But I mean, um, have you tried it? <laughs> I guess not, technically. So you got me there. <laughs> but he's like, you know, this will make you the man you are most essentially. And Pike's like, and who's that? The captain. The captain, yeah. Well, good, good, good answer, Spock. Spock goes back to the bridge. They're dropping out of warp. Um, Pike looks at his reflection and sees himself again. Is it himself or is it his mutated body? It's his mutated body. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. He's got PTS, man. He hasn't even <laughs> experienced it yet, and he's got PTS. Uh, well, that's, that's real. Well, I guess he did. He touched the time crystal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he got all seven Chaos Emeralds together and became yeah. Super Pike. <laughs> Super Pike 3. Um, they find the Archer. Um, the It's been like hidden on the planet's night side. I this part I had like I was sort of like this is like really weird because the fact that we find out that like no one answers on the ship that um they find the ship's manifest and there are only three people on it how the fuck is that even a thing it, that is allowed to happen it reminds me of the episode where Crusher is going nuts and in order to like try to yeah. get Picard to realize something's wrong. She's like, there's only two of us on this whole ship running yeah. by ourselves. Yeah, how does that make sense? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? We've, all, we've done it for years. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's... Yeah, how how did Starfleet think that this was a good idea? It, it, see, it reeks of, like, we didn't want to explain this, right? We, like, we, we didn't, didn't want to have a big crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, they detect a warp signature on the planet's surface. And Ortegas That's is right. like, there's there's like a weird signal variance going on. Yeah. And Laon being uh, hyper-PTSD <laughs> is like, race shields now! Yeah, and they're like, what? Spock's <laughs> like, uh, our first contact protocol strictly prohibits taking a defensive posture. And Laon's like, look... No hails from the surface. There's no subspace chatter. There's no orbital docking facilities, interplanetary yeah, traffic. There's yeah. no signs that they've been out in space at all. Spock's like, yeah. that would put them a hundred years behind the development Pre-war. of warp travel. Yeah, like like where we are now, right? Yeah, well, yeah but there's yeah. a warp signature on the planet's surface. Right, right. Pike is like, well, shields up. <laughs> yeah, he listens to La'an, which is cool. It's yeah. like a nice, like, given take and like trusting your new number one for the mission right like, yeah absolutely and i mean like also like she makes perfect sense yeah and they immediately get hit with plasma torpedoes yeah and they're like what the fuck Pla- <laughs> plasma torpedoes yeah that Fucking... technology is like two centuries old yeah yeah they don't have like they're like how did they do this 
And then they kind of did they piece it together that it's yeah, Spock that's the does. Warp's, yeah, yeah, Spock does. He's like, I recommend Red Alert, and everyone looks at him and he says, the the people of this planet have not built a warp drive, but a warp bomb, <laughs> which is a dumb line. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody goes dun dun dun. It's a dumb line. I like a warp bomb. It's for dummies, right? Like, oh, they, that cr- sounds like H bomb. They've created a time crystal. <laughs> dun dun dun. Yep, yep. And then we have the most a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. They fucking built in commercial breaks into this show, which I find to be fucking hilarious. Well, yeah. like it's very old TV. They're trying to like, well, I guess it works like in that sense, but I think they're trying to like hedge their bets, man. You know, like maybe we'll show this on a real TV maybe. at some point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the, the and then after the, the commercial break, the most shocking moment in modern Star Trek history happens <laughs> what happened captain pike laon and spock sit down and discuss their options oh my god what this hasn't happened in 20 years <laughs> nobody is yelling at each other no no one is running through a hallway at top speed with the only answer to everyone else's problems. But how do I know how serious this is? I don't know. If I guess nobody's... you use your brain. Oh my god, it's so entropied. <laughs> Atropied, not entropied. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, um, it's... A... <laughs> they, they have scanned the surface at this point, and it is a pre-warp civilization. And uh, Spock is like, Vulcans invented first contact. Pike's like, as they never fail to remind us. <laughs> That's a good, uh, like, enterprise yes. touch that I liked. I was like, okay, like, still the Vulcans are sor- sort of like, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> uh, there are systems in the sector that have warp capability. But all were in the process of negotiating admission to the Federation. Yeah, so they're like, how did they get this shit? Like, how do they know about this crap, right? Exactly. It's it's <laughs> like, Spock says it's like creating nuclear weapons before particle physics. Yeah. It's yeah, possible, like, but it's never been done because it's like f- tripping over the needle in the haystack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, number one probably did not know that the signature is a bomb. Uh, something about I like the how she just scanners have been upgraded. Yeah, I like how she just like goes down there and it's like whatever. There's three of us. It's fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> like, and Lon wants fuck? to do the same thing. She's like, let's just beam yeah. down and like shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They all they have are plasma weapons. Let's just beam down and shoot them with our guns. <laughs> and Pike's like, look, there's a possibility the technology isn't native to them. Uh, yeah. Which means General Order 1, which we know is the prime directive later, would yeah. entirely apply to that. Yeah, but they also need to, like, fix it, right? Yeah. Like, so Pike's they like, can't let's let go them see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and Lon's like, huh? And you think it's fucking Bones, right? No, you don't for, think it's Bones. You think it's Bones for I mean, one if you're second. you a dumb guy named Josh, you might think it's Bones. You think but... it's Bones, and it's not Bones, but it's 
an even like cooler character yeah. in a lot of ways. Like it's, I, yeah. Umbenga's only in two episodes of TOS, and I loved him yeah. in both of those episodes. He's he's very, he's like a friendly Bones. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a nice doctor. <laughs> and uh, Pike and Umbenga are uh, apparently like good bros. They like toured the home regions of Earth together, like where they're both from. Oh, that's cool. Um, Pike mentions like your like a certain part of Europe and a certain part of Africa. I don't really remember. But he's do they like, go to Montana and be bored? <laughs> they go to Montana and ride horses in the snow. In the snow. <laughs> but um, he introduces Mbenga to them, and that's when we uh, are introduced to his nurse, Christine Chapel. Oh, it's Nurse Chapel. She's apparently part of a civilian exchange program. Is that why she doesn't get a uniform? Yeah, she wears an all-white uniform, which I, th- you would, like, seems like it's specific to her, but then there are episodes where the other nurses are also all wearing the same uniform, so I don't know. I guess maybe it's, like, the Starfleet version of, like, civilian, you know, I guess, I don't know. But she gets a uniform, like, in TOS, she's a yeah. nurse. She's yeah. a Starfleet nurse. She's, um, a, I think she's a lieutenant. Yeah. Well, this is what she wears in the movie, isn't it? When she's when in the in motion picture, does she wear like a white outfit like this? I don't remember. I think so. I think it's a callback to that. You can look that up while I continue on. Nurse Chapel, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But she's like psyched. She's like, I'm gonna mess with your genome. Yeah. Uh, We're gonna do some TNG style. Uh, physiology alteration in order to blend in with the planet. This is probably the first... Well, the way they're talking about it, it definitely is the first instance of using plastic surgery or genome splicing in order to physically change the look and go down to a planet you're not allowed on. Usually, and because of, like, the time that it was made, like, in TNG, they would just plastic surgery you, right? Yeah. They would just, like, give you the features, but here they're like, well, we'll just sort of break our own rules and change your DNA. We'll just, yeah, don't, this isn't making a super soldier. This isn't, yeah, yeah. Uh, this isn't fucking with DNA or anything. Don't don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's like, uh, we're not gonna be able to change your internal organs. We don't have enough time, so try not to get any X-rays. Yeah, that's funny. Funny joke. <laughs> the idea is to uh, observe cultures without contamination, and uh, they 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 have to get a sedative first because this is a compressed jury rigged metamorphosis and apparently it's going to be horrifically painful. Yeah. And, and we fucking on flexes dick and is yeah. like I don't want that shit. She's I don't want that painkiller shit. And here's the thing, right? If I was Pike and one of my officers reacted this way, I would be like, "Okay, you're off duty." Yeah, you have to like. like fix you need this. to go see <laughs> yeah. a psychiatrist right now. <laughs> yeah, but like you kind of don't know why she doesn't want to be uh, unconscious. I guess she feels helpless or whatever. I, yeah. You don't really know, but uh, she's yeah, traumatized. Yeah, by we it. haven't really gotten to that yet. But yeah. um, she she does it without sedatives. She just starts screaming. <laughs> Dude, she's like, she takes it better than Spock does. Yeah. Spock is like. <laughs> it's really fucking funny too because like later yeah. on Spock is like Captain I believe it's wearing off oh! he's like the pain is unbearable 
we do learn that Spock has Vulcan and human genetics, and so the process isn't going to last as long. They don't really have the technology yet in the same Great, way that they Spock. do for humans. Way to fuck it up, you Which, half-breed. <laughs> Jesus! You learned nothing from our last collection. <laughs> but, um... And again, if I was Pike, I'd be like, all right, well, you stay here or Tagus can come with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, yeah. But yeah. Um, it's Spock has to come with him, of course. It's the first episode. you got to have as much Spock in it as yeah. you can. Yeah. We meet Chief Kyle, who, interestingly enough, if you go to the Memory Alpha on mm-hmm. Chief Kyle... Um, they say that he is the same character from TOS named Chief Kyle. What? Who was a white man. <laughs> what? <laughs> so at some, at some point in the future, Chief Kyle has a horrible honkyfication accident. <laughs> he takes the honky gene therapy. He gets, he gets hit with the honky honkification beam. It becomes fully au fait for some Wait, reason. Is Chief Kyle the one who sings the song? Is that him? No, that's... Uh, what was his name? Kelly. I think his last Chief, name was yeah, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And, uh, <laughs> But Chief Kyle, who is Asian for now, yeah, for now. beams them down um, <laughs> with universal translators and tricorders. Yeah. I love this part with the fucking shorts. Pike's uh, Pike's like uh, try not to lose my socks. Ah. Pike and his pithy little sayings. I swear he's he's like the cool dad. He is a cool dad. He very yep. although like at certain points in the series, people keep being like, "Oh, Pike, he's so by the book." And I'm like, "When the fuck did he ever go by the book in this season? What are you talking about?" I guess compared to Kirk, yeah, right, because like. Kirk shows up. I don't well, know. Spoil- Pike, spoiler alert. Pike breaks <laughs> the General Order 1 in like three episodes out of this season. Four yeah. episodes out of this season, actually. Yeah, I guess just because he's kind of like nice. Like he's, I he's guess a that's nice kind of... He's a nice yeah. man. He'll let you stay up and watch fucking like uh, Mystery Science Theater and drink Dr. Pepper. Oh my god. That's bad for you, though. <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, cool dad, cool dad, don't care. Pike, Spock, and Lawn uh, materialize, and they're dressed in the outfits from the planet, which are just like regular suits that are from Earth, except Spock yeah. is wearing shorts. Yeah, the military people who are like not generals or whatever wear shorts or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there are um, anti-government protests. Because the government, there are rumors of the government creating an advanced weapon for domestic use against the anti-government terrorists, quote-unquote. <sighs> and Pike and Spock are like, wow, sure is USA in here, huh? It's getting a little uh, America around here. <laughs> and um, Pike is like, look, they're, they're pretty much at the point where they're about to become World War Three Earth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we find out the building with the protesters outside is, of course, the building with the bomb in it. I don't think I would need to scan for that, but they do. Yeah, I guess they need to be sure or something. I don't know. Convenient. How do the protesters know? 
guess they just are at the building. I don't know. They, I like uh, how the, they these probably, people don't... That's the rumors that they're building it in there, and that's why they went there. I guess they don't have, like, a Lo- Los Alamos. They don't have, like, a middle-of-nowhere secret base that they could do this at. I don't know, whatever. Well, <laughs> they're doing it, They're doing it like, in the city probably as a way to, like, intimidate the anti-government people. Oh, uh, that's smart. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, apparently these people were called Kylie. The Kylie in the notes? I, I, every time I see it, I'm like, Rilo Kylie? Can't get you out of my bomb. <laughs> Yo, Rilo Kylie rules. I fucking love Rilo Kylie. Jenny Lewis, yes, please. Yes, please. Portions for Foxes, thank yeah, you. Good, good song, good song. Uh-huh. Uh, two Kylie scientists come out of the building, and Lawn's like, permission to act fast. Puck's like, yeah, sure. And she runs <laughs> out, and she's like, oh, my spleen. She's like, oh, my lady parts. If you people have spleens here, oh. <laughs> oh, my internal organs that we all definitely we have. We all have the same ones, oh. <laughs> Oh, that one hurts. You know the one. She's like, his neck. And Spock's like, oh. And then oh, gives right. him the Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> and uh, they decide to replicate their clothing, security badges, and retinal scans in order to get into the building. Even though there are three of our heroes and two of them. And that never comes up. Yeah, how does Lon just get in? Because she's dressed like a civilian. Yeah. She just looks like a regular... They, um, they all get in disguised as scientists. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I, did, yeah, I just I noticed that. I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I also, yeah, yeah. Got you. But uh, they beam <laughs> them up to the ship and keep them sedated in sickbay, even though Spock is like, that's dumb as fuck. Something's going to go wrong. And <laughs> yeah, like, this is a terrible fucking idea. Even, and it kind of is. You could have just tossed them in a dumpster and, like... <laughs> Let the raccoons eat them. Just, like, shut the dumpster and put something heavy on top of it. Like, you don't need to beam them to the ship. Beam them to the other side of the planet. What are you doing? Yeah, beam them to, like, I don't know, like a hotel room or something, right? Like, Uh, I don't know. They they place them under low-level sedation, another problem. Uh, Umbinga's running some scans, and... uh, Chapel is trying to get a DNA sample so that she can keep Spock's genetic code from deteriorating because that's the real problem that they're kind of up against the clock for. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first guy incompatible, second guy's a match, but the first guy does jump up and go, <laughs> and Umbenga <laughs> sedates him, and then the second guy's like, Ooh, dun, 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 like sneaking away. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then he just runs down the hall when they see him. I like how this is like funny though. It like is this is funny. like a it's like a like if this was discovery this would be like we have to get him now. Oh, oh. he's headed to the thing, blah blah blah. But in if this, this is like discovery right. one of them would fart in his sleep and that would be the funny thing. <laughs> one of them would have a two dick like sleeping erection, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then another one would go. Yep, yep, yep. Uh Mbenga and Chapel are like uh Delta Scorpi six or seven <laughs> and they like laugh about it for a second. Which yeah. is it's funny they've all had these little adventures together before. That we don't know about. <laughs> um thirty years from now we'll see that adventure on TV with different actors and it'll reboot. be a, it'll be a whole new show. Yeah. 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 The doctor's like, You chase the rabbit, I'll prepare the booster. <laughs> Chapel's like, I always give me the fun jobs and he's like, Well, you're my favorite. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I love Umbanga. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Ortegas, like, have the landing party stand by and not enter the building. We have a Delta Scorpi 7 situation on our hands. And Ortegas is like, this always happens when I'm in the captain's chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy is on point in this episode. It's good. It's fun without being like, like, I don't know, like in Kelvin universe, the fun is like reference, reference, reference. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, this is fully like, it's just silly fun that happens in yeah. the episode. Yeah. It's very lower deck. Like they did learn from lower decks, right? Like how to do comedy in a Star yeah. Trek universe that's like a little sillier, a little more slapstick. Yeah, and still get away. With. I mean, like, this is like a Ferengi episode of Deep Space Nine level of right, silly. So right. it's not like they haven't done it before. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, back on the planet's surface, they're like uh in line to get inside of the ret- where the retinal scanners are and Ortegas calls and he's like don't go inside and they're like yeah. well, we kind of have no choice right now yeah yeah and then we get <laughs> we do get a little bit of Kelvin bullshit here yeah where Mbenga's like uh, Kyle can you pinpoint a location to beam down and apply an ISAV to Spock's eyes. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. He's like, Which, transporters like, sh- don't do that. Should be the end of it, right? And like, Ortegas <laughs> is like, make them do that. Yeah, figure it out, Kyle. <laughs> and, and like a TNG or something, they would have figured out some like pseudoscience bullshit to like yeah. do this. Why does he just beam it into his hand or something and then have him do it? Like, what the fuck are you... Um, why does it have to be so like... Also, n- also, not only not five minutes ago in the episode, Spock says that the building is shielded, and that's why they couldn't beam inside. Yeah. I just remembered that as yeah. well. I think this uh, this show does do a really good job of when it does have dumb shit in it, you don't really notice it as much, <laughs> which is like every good Star Trek does yeah. that, right? Like, there's dumb shit in TNG. Oh, there's tons of it, right? But you you don't care as much because. Overall, the story is is pretty good, yeah. and I think this does that. I love Ch- uh, Nurse Chapel is chasing the Kylie guy who's like running around like Curly from the Three Stooges. Dude, he's probably like fucking shitting himself. He's probably yeah. like, "Where the fuck am I? And what are all these fucking aliens doing?" He, he yeah. runs down the hallway, and everybody just like looks at him, like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Oh well. And he gets into the <laughs> the turbo lift, and Uhura is there. And she's yeah. like, oh, we're going to the bridge. And he looks at her like, huh? She's yeah. like, oh, that's where the back tack was. You know, how the back tack controls the game motion in tag ball. Tag ball? The guy's like, oh, you know tag ball? She's like, fuck yeah, I know fucking tag ball, bitch. Um, <laughs> Chapel's like knocking people over in the hallway. <laughs> she gets beamed to the bridge. And when the... Turbo lift opens and Uhura comes out with the scientist. Chapels sneaks up behind him and sedates him. But they're like full blown having a discussion about like yeah. the greatest tag ball play. It's a really cool moment, right? It really like, sort of like endears you to Uhura yeah. in that scene as well. And yeah. uh, the guy like falls down on the ground and Ortegas is like, Welcome to the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Which, like, he's probably like, what the fuck is happening? And this is, like, the weirdest day in this dude's whole life. This, like, This is the first moment that Uhura and Nurse Chapel introduce themselves to each other. The, the dream team later. The dream team. <laughs> uh, Pike's retinal scan goes well. Lon's does. But Spock's is like, eh. <laughs> and they're like, you step out of line. And he's like, wait, let me do it again. Eh. Step yeah. out of line now! And they like pull out their batons because, uh, you know, ACAB on all planets. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but then the transporter transports the goo on the Spock's eyeballs. Yeah, sure. Why and not? it works. Wink, wink, wink. And lets yep. him throw. That was close call. <laughs> You know, we could have, like, prepared for this and, like, yeah. waited a few minutes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, anyway. They, um, they pick up uh, number one's life signs several floors below them, so they get in the elevator. And I love one of the Kylie women is, like, getting all, like, flirty eyes at Pike. Yeah. But then yeah. she notices Spock's ears. Changing. Yeah, and she's, and she's like, like, oh, what the fuck? She looks over at Pike and he just smiles at her. <laughs> when they get off the uh, elevator, Spock is like, the pain is almost unbearable. <laughs> and he screams. It's before he screams. Like, he's just like, the yeah. pain is excruciating, Captain, but I can hold on. Yeah. And uh, they open the door, and uh, the the three-man crew of the Archer is in there, and they're they're all busted up. Yeah, they're also like fucking Shawshank Redemptioning this place. Yeah, <laughs> they got a fucking sexy ass pinup poster, and they're digging a hole in a wall. Um, we find out that Number One and Lawn know each other. Yeah, and Captain Pike is like annoyed by this somehow. Well, yeah, he's like, "Why didn't you tell me? Like, yeah. Why didn't you keep that a secret?" Y- yeah, and like I guess, but like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, he doesn't like to be not let in the loop, I guess. I, I don't know. I they, wouldn't be that mad about it, but whatever. No, I'm not I, fucking I mean, I guess I'm not the captain. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they find out that the shielding is jointed, which means that there has to be, like, microscopic gaps between it. Yeah, and transporters could get through that, right? Yeah, but they have to be closer to the surface. So they head towards the elevator... And some other Kylies come out of the elevator, and Spock is like, the pain has grown unbearable. <laughs> Dude, I love before that, Spock's like, uh, there, are, there aren't any guys around or whatever. And Una's like, why the fuck would you jinx it? Like, and he's about to say it's illogical to think that that would make a difference, and then they walk out of the elevator. Yeah. And it's like, yep. It's really good. I just, yep. It's like, the pain has become unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He does the fucking Tom and Jerry Tom scream. Yeah. Tom is like, <laughs> um, but they just knock the fucking Kylies out and leave him in the middle of the hallway, right yeah. into the elevator. They don't beam him to a hotel or nothing. <laughs> uh, this is when we find out that more discovery bullshit caused this. Sure. When Burnham, Michael Burnham opened the wormhole that sent her and the discovery through to the future... They were less than one light year out from the zero point of the wormhole. Nobody uh, nobody realized that, huh? Nobody was like, oh, I know where we are. Between the Klingon <laughs> ships, the Ba'ul fighters flown by the Kelpians, and Starfleet, there were more than a hundred warp signatures. 
Yeah. The Kylie's telescopes would have been just powerful enough to detect all of it and collect enough data to reverse engineer a matter-antimatter reactor, and thus they made a bomb. That's fucking like whoever, like whatever their like Nobel prizes on Kylie deserves like a hundred Nobel prizes for this. Like how the we do love to give Nobel prizes to people for making horrible weapons that. Well, that's why it started. That's why Alfred Nobel invented dynamite, right? Like it's fucking yeah, dude. It's fucking long, long history of that shit. Pike is like, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. We're fucking monsters, and yeah, number one is like, ah, it's fine. It's whatever. (laughs) We we need to worry about our lives now. And I was like, damn, number one. Yo, number one, though? Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, of course, it's Rebecca Romaine. But But she looks, dude, she looks way better now as older Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, absolutely. She, like, I don't know if I'm just super into older women. Um, The, uh,. I mean, you should probably check her age before you call her an older woman. How old is she? I don't she? know how old she is. Oh, she's got to be like fifty, dude. Uh, not that that not that that's like old, but that's like ancient. If you're fifty and you're listening to this, just go to your deathbed. <laughs> oh, oh my god, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how old is she? She Let's is see. forty-nine. Okay, yeah, all right. You were right. She's almost fifty. Yep, yep. But she's like, you can't make the Kylies care about the stars. Yeah. And uh, an alarm starts going off. Pike sees his reflection in the control panel with the with the deformed Pike. Look, we'll just call him Gooface. He's Gooface. And Pike is like, <laughs> if we leave here right now, every death from here on will be on our hands. Yeah. And Spock's like, we cannot interfere with the destiny of this world. General Order 1 states, and Pike's like, look, we already have. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. And he's right. right. He's like, look, everybody go to the ship. Except Tube's Spock. out of toothpaste. Wait, t- toothpaste out of tube. <laughs> the horse is out of the stable. That's right. That's right. And he's like, everybody fuck off, except me and Spock, because I need an alien. <laughs> he's weird looking, and it'll have more impact. Even though I'm also weird looking and an alien right now. Yeah, but he looks like them, right? He's, He's still. Like, what about General Order One? He's screw General Order One. Fuck it. Fuck Batman. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. And Laon uh, orders four to beam up, leaving Pike and Spock behind. So um, Spock's like, "Is this wise? I am clearly an alien." <laughs> Pike's like, "I'm <laughs> counting on." Yeah. There's a great moment where they bust in and point their guns at Pike, and he says, take me to your leader. Because it's um, fucking War of the Worlds. And they there stood still. It's so good. (laughs) So good. So good. They get taken before the head of the planetary government, who looks like one of the Hunger Games richers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's fucking, uh, what's her name? Uh... God damn it. What's her fucking name? You'll never remember. I'll never remember it. The chick from Wet Hot American Summer. But uh, Pike's like, look, I'm sorry for the effect that we've had on your world. And she's like, are you saying that our ingenuity was the result of your mistake? And he's like, no. He's very tactful. Yeah. He's like, we should have been more circumspect, he says, about showing off our technologies. 
Yeah. One of the core tenets of our society is to avoid influencing less advanced civilizations. And she's like, so we're less advanced, huh? <laughs> she's just a bitch, dude. She's, she's just taking the negative from every sentence. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, with the technology that you've created, that you've created here, you could bridge the gap between worlds, but you could also obliterate your own world. Yeah, I love that line. It has the capability to bridge the gap between worlds. Yeah, what a great beautiful. line. She's like, there's a seditious faction within our government for centuries, these terrorists, and now we have a means to end that conflict forever. And Spock is like, You're, are you talking about mass murder? <laughs> and he's like, have your people never had, had to put down civil unrest before? And this is what us as an audience are like pulling our collars. Like, Ooh, oh, no. <laughs> Pike, being a Starfleet man, says the tools to a lasting peace are negotiation, negotiation and debate. Yeah, yeah. She's like, have you ever had any powerful enemies that refuse to negotiate? And he's like, yeah. And this is when I'm like, ooh. He's like, yeah, of course. He's like, yeah. there are people on my planet, the Kikuyu people of Kenya, who say that yeah. when elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Yeah. And if I was the alien lady, I'd be like, I don't know what an elephant or grass is. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not Wednesday, but we don't have grass. He's like, the leader points out the... Uh, the leader's like, proverbs are less useful than a big stick. Whoever has the biggest That's stick wins. Very Teddy Roosevelt. And she's like, right? your, your rules aren't our rules. We need to yeah. sa- make sure our people can govern future future generations, and if... A ton of spilled blood is the price, then so be it. Ends justify the means. But then he calls the Enterprise in the lower orbit. Oh, yeah. He, like, has. Yeah. Which is questionable, but. um, This is a little Calvin y also. I was was like, "Ah, I think that's something that not a lot of people know about Star Trek ships is that Star Trek ships are made in space. They're incapable of going in. Except Voyager. Voyager's the first ship. Yeah. I don't mind it so much, but, like, I also don't think they would, like, willy-nilly just be like, hey, fly the fucking ship down here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, it serves it, a purpose, for it sure. It does. At least here it does, yes, yes, for it's, sure. Just like you said, whoever has the biggest stick wins. Yeah. In that ca- yeah. in this case, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and they're, everyone's like, the fuck? The air sirens start going immediately. <laughs> This, there's yeah. a real, this next scene is really funny because there's like a news reporter, except there's no camera pointing at her at all. <laughs> she's just standing she's, in the middle of a bunch of people with a microphone. Well, she's like just like a like delusional like mental patient who, <laughs> who just was doing a report. Yeah. Uh, the government and the revolutionary factions are meeting for the first time in a century to discover yeah. to discuss the arrival of the aliens. I love how she says. That. Yeah, it's very like entertainment right um <laughs> pike is back on board the enterprise and he's watching the debate on closed circuit television it's not going well and lawn's like it could be going better <laughs> yeah they're just arguing and spock says something really great he's like they're they're so used to arguing like they're so used to fighting right yeah. like 
they ha- they're like incapable of seeing past it. The true cost of civil war is abstract to them. Yes, yes. And Laon sort of puts the bow on the episode. She says, "Not believing you're gonna die is what gets you killed." Yeah. And Pike's like, yeah. "What did you say?" She's like, oh, "It's just something my father said to me before the Gorn fucked him to death or whatever." <laughs> We find that the SS Puget Sound was attacked by the gore, and the crew was brought to their planetary nurseries because they're alien. Mm, sure. They're xenomorphs. Yeah. And um, she's the only member of the Puget Sound's crew that survived. And uh, breeding sacks comes up. But let's move past that. Oh, yeah. Um, they all believe. In- I got a couple of breedings. <laughs> I don't care for that. But they didn't, didn't believe either. until the very end that they could die. And Lawn was yeah. different, and that's why she survived. And Pike's like, let me get access to that historical database. I like. I don't like how he asks for that. I mean, I get that that's like a narrative tool that yeah. they're using, right? But it's like, why would you ask for Just be well, like... Uhura, unlock your laptop yeah, and let yeah. me get access to that historical Uhura, database. what's your fucking password? I gotta look up something on Wikipedia. One, like, three, <laughs> three, seven, leak? <laughs> <laughs> Leet speak. That would be her the password because she's a communications officer. Um, that's a smart joke, by the way. <laughs> uh, sure. Good job, me. That was a smart joke, that, Josh. Good oh work. God, Reese's here. Sorry, I'm just going to get some ice cream out of the freezer. All right, he's done. Sorry. The like special effect you did of moving further away from the mic when you did that was pretty good. I Thanks, I'm a, I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> speaking of professional, we'll be right back after these messages. Oh, in Pizza Hut, your kids can share in the adventures of Fern Gully. I'm Zach. I'm Krista. With the Fern Gully Pizza Pack, they get a personal fan pizza with their favorite topic, a collectible cup featuring their favorite Fern Gully characters, and a package of seeds they plant and watch grow in their own terrarium. All for just $2.99 and only at Pizza Hut. Now your kids can explore the adventures of Fern Gully. This is so incredible. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of Jeff Has to Poop Really Bad. <laughs> Josh called it that, not me. Yeah. Pike so, beams himself into the middle of this debate, just right in the middle. What a, what a swinging dick power move, right? And he's like, like well, I love that he beams down and he looks at him and he goes, Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And he gives this speech that, like, Really caught me off guard for how Star Trek it was. Yeah, this is where the show, like, I think becomes Star Trek. It, like, f- it fully won me over with this speech. Yeah. This is this is where all that other disco shit, all that shit gets... It doesn't matter anymore. Like, this is now its own show, right? And this is also the part of the episode that, like, pissed off right-wingers and makes me so of course. happy. Of course it did. But he, he talks about how their worlds aren't very different from each other. He shows what Earth looks like now. San Francisco and the uh, Academy. Yeah. And orbital like, space docks. Yeah, the show The Ship, which they use a shot from earlier, which I think is so funny. Yeah, they, they were recording that. 
<laughs> so Star Trek, dude. <laughs> and everybody in the world is seeing this footage on screens live. And they're like, whoa. Because they're seeing a fucking yeah. alien fucking planet, and He's right? like, this like, is our world today, like, but that's not how it always was. We went through a period of time where yeah. we were on the brink of w- civil war in the same way you were. Yeah. And he shows Earth in the 21st century, including uh, real footage of the Capitol riot. Yeah, they show January 6th. Yeah. They show the, the fucking noose. That they built, right? The the gallows yeah. they built for Pence. He's like, everything went wrong. Yeah. And our future was uncertain. And he says, you know, recently I had a glimpse of my own future, and it wasn't what I expected. I touched a time crystal, long story short. Yeah, let's not get into any specifics. This might undercut my, my moment here. <laughs> but he says, my best friend Spock told me... Uh, Asked what good it was to know your future, but he didn't understand what he meant. Yeah. And he says, this is what your future holds if you continue down this path towards conflict. I am horrified and love this scene. Like, I am... This is amazing. He shows the second civil war, the eugenics wars, and then finally, World War Three. Yep. And if I was in that audience, I'd be like, three? <laughs> well, the first one was bad, but it wasn't like that bad. Then the second one was like really bad, but it still wasn't War- like world super bad. World war. <laughs> but it just it World War Three resulted in the destruction of more than six hundred thousand different species of plants and animals dying. Yeah, so the... Extincting, and the deaths of more than 30% of Earth's population. So what is that? You and I are both dead. Yeah, oh yeah. So so what's 30% of, like, 8 billion? Let's let's round it up, 10 billion. So it's 3 billion people die. Yeah, pretty much. 30, 33... 2 billion some people die in in the World War III. And he, he says the technology that you've obtained gives you the means to exterminate yourself. Yeah, and from the looks of you right now in this debate, it seems you're convincing it. that you will. Yeah, he's like, you're gonna do it. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> de- like, you're gonna debate yeah. your competing ideas of liberty until your world is blown to rubble, just like Earth was in the past. Yeah, I love the shot of the aliens seeing the Holocaust. Yeah, and like, they're like fucking mouth, hands on mouth. Because they never. That's what they're building in that building, yeah. right? Is it's like holy shit. Yeah, the <laughs> the cost of war is abstract to them. Yep. It always is, right? Yeah. And he's like, I believe that your destiny is still your own to choose, and maybe that's why I'm here, to remind you of the power of possibility. (laughs) Even if your end is already written, as his is, they could still have what life they had gloriously. The future is what you make of it. He's like, why don't you join our space club? Yeah, he's like, I got, I offer you a choice. You can continue to fight against one another, or you can join our federation and reach for the stars, and I'll leave that up to you. And then, like, the scene that I loved in the trailer for 2009 Star Trek, they, like, redo that. Like, I loved when that trailer came out and they showed that, like, person building the ship with, like, a fucking old, like, 
World War II style like welders outfit on, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's like such a cool idea, right? Like we, and they kind of do that. We again. start to see into the future of the Riley people, where they start to teach about the Enterprise. Yeah, there, there's a picture of a Vulcan and a human up on like a screen in yeah. a, a classroom. Yeah, and they choose peace for yeah. their future. Thank God Captain Pike came down and World War of the Worlds them in reverse. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Yeah, it's great. And it reminds me of something uh, world-class celebrity Rich Evans said once on uh, a Star Trek uh, Red Letter Media thing. He said that Sometimes in the old series, Captain Kirk would beam down to a planet and read the Constitution to them. Yeah. Which isn't true, but, like, yeah, it's yeah. really funny that that's kind of sort of Kind of what happens, here. yeah. Yeah. They return to Starbase One, and uh, the Federation High Court was going to throw them all in jail for violating General Order One. Because they have no chill. Yes, but Admiral April pulls a few strings, some nepotism happens, and uh, yeah, it turns out that they can't throw them in jail for violating that order because all of this happened because of Discovery, and Discovery is under, like, full lock and key, need-to-know basis. Yeah, it's super fucking secret, so it never happened, so whatever, right? And you get a little winky-wink where they're like, oh, we're thinking about calling General Order 1 the Prime Directive, and Pike's like, that'll never stick. <laughs> he hated that. He fucking hated That's it. That's a dumb name. Um, <laughs> Why don't you just call it Stinky Butt Name? Or uh, Lon and Pike meet in private, and Pike's like, you should have told me uh, earlier about shit. Yeah. She's she knows what he's talking about because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" Yeah. She's like the Gorn have a ritual, even though they're mindless space Hulk dogs from the Ang Lee Hulk. <laughs> the uh, last survivor gets sent into space on a raft, like throwing back a fish, and that's how she survived. Yeah. And she was discovered by the USS Martin Luther King Jr., which I thought was fucking dope. That's a cool name, yeah. And it was uh, Una, number one, was an ensign and helped Lon find a new home in Starfleet. Yeah. That's how they know each other. She's like, if I told you about it, I didn't think you'd let me on the mission. Mm -hmm. And Pike's like, does that mean you decided not to trust me? Yeah, you decided not to... Uh, you didn't think I would trust you, so you decided not to trust me, which is like, yeah. man, what a fucking wise dude. Like, this dude is fucking good This dude at is this, Captain right? Material, baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's smart and kind and, like, lovable as fuck. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> like, this, there's this great moment right after that where he's like, look, your record is spotless. You're a great officer, but there's more to Starfleet than excellence. Yeah. Like, working together... But, yeah. like, that's the only way we can move towards the future, that we can succeed in our goals, is together. And he talks about the forests, um, the yeah. space station. During World War Three, scientists sent seed pods into space to preserve them. But the fo- by the time Earth had been rebuilt, the forests were too large to bring back. So they built the first starbase around it, which I love. 
So now Jupiter has like a really cool forest. It looks <laughs> around beautiful it. in there. I want to go does. fucking hiking in there. I dude, I bet it fucking man, that would I would how would you ever leave anywhere you go? It would be so hard to just be like, I gotta go look at this now. Like yeah, I, I gotta go everything's this, amazing. I gotta go to a different part of space, even though this yeah. part of space is fucking it rolls here. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but he says that this is proof that even in space, growth is possible. Yep. And that's why he wants her to be the security chief on the Enterprise. Yay! Good job, Laon. <laughs> uh, back in... He does a little captain's log about how he's lucky to have the position yeah. that he has. And he he goes back to the bridge... Crew rotation's complete, and Lieutenant Kirk is on his way up. Oh, we think it's Captain Kirk. And a guy in a blue shirt with a mustache comes in, and he's like, Hey, Sam. He's like, Hey, Chris. I mean, Captain. Blank. <laughs> it's me, Dingus McGee. <laughs> we meet, uh, he is a fucking dingus, for sure. He's, he's an idiot. Like, he's not likable. No, I don't like him at all, really. Yeah. But, like... We meet uh, Lieutenant Hemmer, the new chief engineer, who is an Andorian, and not just an Andorian. Yeah. He is the psychic, blind Andorian's the Anar. What a clever way to, like, have, like, a disabled person, but make it science fiction. Like, yeah. that's, that's fucking have science you, fiction. Have you finished the season? I guess you talked about the yes. Alien episode. Yes, I finished yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They depart for, uh, or Retagus is like, what's our course? What mission? And Pike says, our mission? To explore. To seek out new life and new civilizations. Yeah, he does the line. And to boldly go where no one had gone before. And Uhura says, cool. I'm glad cool's still around. Cool, yeah. Cool's still a word that people use. That's good. And then they head out, Warp Factor 2, hit it. Yep. What'd you think da, of this episode, da, da, Josh? Da, da, da. Uh... This is by far the weakest episode of the season. <laughs> but well, I, besides the alien one. Well, besides that one, yeah. Um, but I love the show, and I love the end. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. There's weird shit in this episode that like just kind of bother me, and I'm not trying to... Uh, look, I'm not trying to... Like, You're picking nits. I, I'm, I, look, I think it's weird that they made Spock into an alien guy in, like, the first episode. But I guess you're supposed to know him from Discovery, right? So you're, yeah. you're like, already used to him or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a good show. Like, this is a Star Trek show. <laughs> Which, well, like, thing, like, is amazing. My expectations for this show and Star Trek in general these days are so basement-level low Yeah, that this episode coming out of the gate with like a mediocre TNG episode, yeah, was like God sent to me. Yeah, I don't know what I would give it. I'd probably give it a seven. I think. I think that's there fair. Are, there are better episodes coming in this series, and like, I don't know if you heard, but I guess they're going to do a crossover with Lower Decks yeah, next season. I don't season. know how they're going to do that. I think that's hilarious and genius. I mean, they're definitely going to do, like, an animated Strange New Worlds crew, which yeah. I think is great. But, like, Rich Masters came up with the idea that the Strange New Worlds voice cast should play their characters yeah, in well, an episode uh, of Strange New Worlds live action. 
Well, what's his name is from The Boys. He's Boimler, right? Like, yeah. that guy's an actor. He's like a real actor. Not that voice actors aren't real actors, <laughs> but, but you like, know what I mean? The he's... thing is, if you look at all of the people playing the characters, they don't look all that different than the character they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, they should just do it. I think that like, they realized uh, Jerry... that. Jerry. O'Connell. <laughs> Jerry yeah. O'Connell plays Ransom. Yeah, that would make perfect and sense. You could you could fix his hair and give him a five o'clock shadow, and he would just look like Ransom. Yeah, give him blonde hair. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, and like that could be like a funny thing, like the characters complaining that they don't look right. Yeah, I'd be like, Ugh, I feel weird. <laughs> yeah, does anybody I don't know, else man. feel like there might be a third dimension? <laughs> <laughs> Let me write like, for this show. Dude, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it feels weird to be, like, excited for Star Trek. Like, it, that feels it? strange. It's been so long, man. Mm. If, I, I hope we're not too... I don't want to be too nitpicky, and I, I'm always defensive about it, because I don't... I really do love this show. Like, I yeah, think it's great. absolutely. I think being able to critique, honestly critique something that you love is a lost art, and an, it's yeah. a necessity. Yeah, there's parts and, of this episode where I'm like, oh, this is a pilot episode, which yeah. is not great, but, like, I get it, right? Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a... I'm going to give it a 7.5, That's think. fair. That's, and yeah. I think it, it shook out that, like, Crystal and I watched this together. I've seen this episode twice. Yeah, me and too. Crystal and I watched it together the second time, and she didn't care for it as much as I did. Yeah. Although she liked like some of the further episodes a lot more. And I think like I'm That's just I so excited to like new Star Trek. Yeah, not I'm once being like extra giving by giving it a seven point five. I will say that the first time I watched it, not once was I like, Oh god. Which is like no. amazing, right? I like, was, like I love this cast. They are so yeah. good. They are great. They're, everyone who plays th- these characters are they're really great. Like they're lovable. Laan and Una are like amazing they're, together. They're later. a really fun duo. <laughs> yeah, they're super funny and like just they're fucking fun to watch, man. Like I don't know, it's everything that two thousand nine like wanted to be, but oh, never absolutely. ever was. Absolutely. Um, I imagine that from here on out, it's free game to add Strange New Worlds episodes to our um, rotation for our collections, which you can do over at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Become a patron today. Give us enough money and you can tell us what to watch. Yeah, if you give me like five bucks, I'll watch like fucking Sherlock Homie. I don't (laughs) care. Yeah, he would never yeah. watch that unless you paid him. So you better pay him. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have the Criterion of it or anything. The Criterion Collection of yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's in two, three, five because that dick is big, man. This guy's got big. <laughs> they had to do it in widescreen. <laughs> Super widescreen. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, definitely uh, become a patron and keep our show on the air. We appreciate the hell out of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Go check out Bros Before Pros. I am really proud of how our first episode turned out. Did we got a new show? We got a new show. Oh, good. I have a job again. I hope you don't get fired, you fucking idiot. Josh, oh, idiot. Jesus. 
Thanks, Reese's. This, really, you're really helping me this out. This is some deep-seated psychological problems here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not only a wizard, I'm a psychologist wizard. <laughs> Check out Bros Before Pros, everybody. It's a really great show. We, we wrote really fucking funny stories. Yeah, I was laughing. Uh, the first like thirty seconds, I was rolling laughing because it's I don't know, it's fun. It is such a fun podcast. Check it out, <laughs> Bros Before Pros. Available iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere better podcasts are found. I think there'll be a Patreon for it, right? At some if, point, yeah. If, if that's something to, you care about or whatever. Well, you'll be able to get behind the scenes stuff. You'll get. I think we've talked about like posting the actual writing. Yeah. And. Um, doing like a uh suggestion for the prompts through that yep. as well so uh check that out hopefully when that launches josh won't get shit canned but um i mean anything's possible you know follow us on twitter at m class podcast thank you to vizen for the use of his track outer space race for our theme song uh, hot eats cool treats vizen he's the best and sexy boy uh, mclasspodcast.com for all your mclass needs uh, we'll be back with a brand new collection in two weeks bye 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 goodbye I'm also here bye I'm mentally ill. Trick with your boy.